Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Jenna. Hi, Beth. How are you, friend? Just dandy. Well, glad to hear it. Mm -hmm. Also, glad to have the lovely Jackie Angel with us. Hi, Jackie. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Jackie, I don't think I've ever called you Jackie Angel. Well, I didn't know. Honestly, that was kind of a tentative intro. Like, should I call you Jackie Francois? I knew you as Jackie Francois, but do you go by Jackie Angel? My middle name is now Francois, so Angel is my last name. Okay, gosh. Can we just have you introduce yourself, Jackie? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Uh, My name is Jackie Francois Angel, and uh, I'm a, (laughs) a wife, a mom of three littles, and I'm in Anaheim, California, I'm a speaker and songwriter, and my husband and I have written a book for married couples. I feel like I'm a a jack of all trades and like a king of none, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I do a lot of like little things, but I'm not like particularly great at any of them. We just, Bobby and I do videos. Yeah, just trying to do what we can for the kingdom of God. And yeah, that's who we are. I'm with you. I feel like I'm not good at anything. I'm just trying to do things here and there, see what happens. But girl, it has been awesome seeing Blessed Is She. It has been amazing to see what God is doing. So I am so like proud of you. And you. I'm like, dang, this is awesome. This how this has grown and you're affecting so many women's lives. It's so cool to see. Thank you. Jackie, I've been thinking about this thing that you posted about how there will never be enough people preaching the gospel. There will never be enough evangelists. There will never be enough disciples. I think you might have been talking about like professional ministry, but gosh, I'm just thinking about that in terms of just like lay on fire Catholics. There will never be enough people talking about who God is and how good the gospel is and the promise of eternal life. I just loved that. Well, you know, I feel like sometimes we we just like, oh, man, there's so many Catholic podcasts out there. So many people now coming on YouTube and Bobby and I are now doing that, too. And it's like, you know, I have felt this way, too, especially with certain things like when other people are doing things. I'm like, you know, I guess, well, I'm not needed because they're already doing it. Yeah. And and that's such a lie because it's like, dude, there are five billion people on this earth who do not know the good news of Jesus Christ. And Christine Kane, who's one of my favorite female, she's a Protestant preacher, but she gave this talk and she's like, why is it that we have Christian TV, Christian music, Christian this, all the Christian books, Christian blogs, and yet most of the world does not know Jesus Christ? She's like, maybe it's because we're gifted and we're talented, but we're not anointed. And it's because instead of walking in, in the Holy Spirit, like walking in, in God's anointed and, and really using our charisms, we're relying on our gifts. And like, oh, I can hit a high note, so I must be a singer. <laughs> like a Christian yeah. She's like, a high note can give me chills and it can entertain me. But if it's not transforming me, then it's not anointedness, you know? And so every person, again, whether that's in a professional way or in a professional ministry, like a full-time ministry, or if it's just in their daily life, that's why we're given the Holy Spirit. We're given the Holy Spirit, number one, for our holiness and our sanctification. And number two, to build up the body of Christ and to encourage the body of Christ. So as you're walking, you can give people a word from God and that can encourage them. We had this young man named Andrew Laubacher. You guys know him. He lived with our family for a year and a half. I was his youth minister when he was in high school, when he was 15, but he had a conversion. Yeah, he had a conversion when he was 18 and went to Franciscan. He was at the beach one day surfing, saw a girl in a wheelchair, talked to her. Her parents were right there, and he he asked if he could pray over her. He prayed over her, and she got over her wheelchair, was walking, 
And from youth, she had been in a wheelchair. I think she, gosh, what did she have? I don't know if it was cerebral palsy or what it was, but she was walking. Andrew would get so excited when he would see somebody with crutches or in a wheelchair because he would go and pray with them. And I'm telling you, this kid has a gift of healing. Like I would say 80 to 90% of the time they would be healed in the name of Jesus. So I asked Father Augustino Torres. Do you guys know Father Augustino? He's a CFR. I asked him, I said, Father, are we all called to heal? And he said, yes Mm. and no. He said, we're all called to heal the body of Christ. You just read like 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It talks about all the spiritual gifts, but it talks, you know, gifts of wisdom, gifts of knowledge, gifts of healing, gifts of prophecy. Like we're all called to ask for gifts of prophecy. Like St. Paul says, we need to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And like the number one, more than anything, is a gift of prophecy, which is to prophesy basically means to remind people of heaven in the busyness of everyday life. Because people don't think about heaven. They don't think about their death. They don't think about their purpose here on earth. And so they kind of just get caught up in the busyness of everyday life. And a prophet is somebody who reminds people why we're here is someone who reminds people of heaven. Mm. And so we're all called to do that in the grocery store. We're all called, you know, people are going to ask, why are you so joyful? Like, why do you have a smile on your face? And St. Paul says, always be ready to give people a reason for your hope. Yes, my personality is just, I'm, I'm more of a joyful person, but really it's because I have God. And so we're given these gifts of the Holy Spirit and we're all called to use them. And I know that people compare themselves and they think, oh, I'm not as good. Maybe they think, oh, I'm not as good as blessed as she. I'll never be blessed as she. You know, I'll never be Emily Wilson. Like you're not called to be those people. You're called to be you. And God is going to hit different people through you than he's going to hit through me. And Mother Teresa, she said, I can do things you cannot and you can do things I cannot. And we all need to be using our gifts for the glory of God and to build up his kingdom. Because again, there's 5 billion people in this world who do not know his name. And even out of the 2 billion Christians, there's a lot who are not living a life that's glorifying to God. So we got a lot of work to do. We're all needed, you know, in the body of Christ. I love everything you're saying, but I think where people maybe get tripped up is like, practically, what does that mean? Like, I don't have maybe the natural gifts for like speaking or singing, we misunderstand or misrepresent the spiritual gifts as like a natural ability. So I know you gave us the scripture, but like, can you just speak a little bit more to what you mean by charisms? So there's natural gifts and there's supernatural gifts. So natural gifts, you know, anybody can have, they can have a natural gift of singing, a natural gift of teaching, a natural gift of speaking, a natural gift of like athletic ability. And you can use those natural gifts to glorify God. How amazing would it be if we did? But then there's like the supernatural gifts that come from our baptism. I look at my husband, who's a teacher and teaching and preaching are are some of the spiritual gifts or charisms. What will happen, like my husband is a teacher, he's a theology teacher to freshmen. He asks his freshmen uh, sometimes on tests, what did you get from this semester? What did you learn? And like literally to see their answers, to see some of them being like, I've fallen in love with God or my life has been changed. And it's like, that's a supernatural gift of teaching is that these kids are being converted in his classroom. They're falling in love with God. So that's a supernatural gift of teaching. So again, it's not just I can hit a high note. Therefore, I should be a Christian singer. And personally, like I'm a singer, I'm a worship leader. I don't have the best voice. You know, my voice isn't very strong and I will never be on American Idol. I'm not the most talented person out there, but God's given me a supernatural gift of like prophetic words. And so when I am leading worship, it's not me, it's God. There's God singing through me and God speaking through me too. You know, that hearts are being converted or hearts are being transformed by that is a different thing than someone just being entertained. You don't have to be somebody on stage to do this. You mm-hmm. And you can do this as, I mean, obviously I'm a stay-at-home mom the majority of the month. I travel only like twice a month-ish. So the majority of the time I'm a stay-at-home mom and I'm teaching my children how to pray 
with each other, how to pray over each other. We should be expectant that Mm -hmm. God wants to heal. I would say a really good book about the spiritual charisms is called The Spiritual Gifts Handbook. And it's by Dr. Mary Healy, who is a biblical, a Catholic biblical scholar. And she wrote it with a Protestant guy named Randy Clark, who has an amazing healing ministry. And they kind of go through all the spiritual gifts. Dr. Mary Healy talks about the history of the church from the beginning, from Jesus through the early church. What happened in the history of the church that we stopped expecting supernatural things to happen, signs and wonders. I feel like we forget this, but in Acts of the Apostles, St. Peter prayed over Tabitha, who was dead, and she rose from the dead. St. Peter. You know, we were like, wait, what? I know Jesus did that, but St. Peter did that. And the early church, it was expected that when you were baptized Christian, you would pray for the sick. You'd cast out demons. And these weren't priests and bishops. I mean, they were, but they were lay people. And so it's amazing, this going through the history of the church and why, why did this stop? And people started being suspicious of the gifts in the Protestant world. They started calling people witches. And, you know, like there was a suspicion, like if you're doing supernatural, you're a witch. Because there was a focus on the spirit and not the body. Like, oh, the body, that's a heresy. Like the body's bad, but the soul's good. You know, so Mm. we're going to stop praying for the healing of the body. It's called, you know, Manichaeism, um, Gnosticism, dualism, like where where we think the body and soul are separated. So we don't pray for the body anymore because we think, oh, well, we're just a soul entrapped in a prison. Every person Jesus prayed for was healed. And I know in this generation, it's happening again. I'm seeing it. And I've, I've talked to so many people, exorcists. I've talked to priests and bishops. I've talked to lay people around the country. This is an age where people aren't listening to reason anymore. We're so emotional that God's response in this age is signs and wonders. And one of Andrew's stories is a perfect thing about that. He was debating with this atheist on an airplane. She had really good atheist arguments. For two hours, they were debating. She knew her stuff. But then Andrew said, listen, you, you're very smart. You know a lot about world religions. But what I do know is... Christianity is the only religion in the world where God sent his only son. And then Jesus said, the same spirit that I have, I'm going to give to you. The same power I have to heal and to cast out demons, I'm now going to give to every single one of my disciples, every person who believes in my name, I'm going to give to you and is, you know, who's baptized. And he's like, I don't know any other world religion where God says, I'm now going to give you my same spirit. And he showed her this video of like this guy coming in a wheelchair who had Parkinson's disease and he was prayed over and he was like jumping around. She said, okay, fine. She was like, I've had chronic pain in my foot for years. She's like, if you pray over my foot and it's healed, I'll believe in Jesus. He's like, okay, meet me at baggage claim. She was waiting for him at baggage claim. And he asked her like on a scale of one to 10, what's the pain level? And she's like, it's like a seven out of 10. He's like, okay, let's pray over, pray over you. He put his you know, hand on her shoulder and said, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your foot to be healed. I pray for, you know, all tendons and ligaments and nerves to be connected back together in the name of Jesus. So he said, walk around. And see, tell me what it feels like. And she's, she starts walking and she, he's, her face is like shocked. And he's like, what is it like now? And she's like, it's like a two. He's like, okay, let's pray over you again. So he prayed over again and he had her walk around. Her pain was completely gone. He's like, let me tell you, that was Jesus who did that. He's like, so you said you believe in Jesus. So he's like, let's just pray together. So he just had a, a simple prayer and he's like, but that it was Jesus who did this for you. You know, thank God. So in an age where people don't listen to reason, you know, we're not going to win arguments all the time, like by some of these theological arguments, it's going to be signs and wonders that people are going to be like, they can't explain, like, how am I walking now? How do I have no pain? And that's what I see happening right now in this age. And again, talking to so many people around the country, this is happening around everywhere. Ask God, like, God, help me to listen to your voice more. Again, the Holy Spirit is with us always, but Holy Spirit, be with me. You know, help me today to see two people, you know, who maybe need to hear your voice somehow. Yeah, you don't need to be a preacher to do this. You don't need to be on stage to do this. It's like in our everyday lives, we're teaching our kids or like, you know, we're doing this in the grocery store. We're doing this, you know, in our schools. 
this should be like an everyday experience of the disciple of Jesus Christ. Yeah, we were just at a talk last night where a priest was talking about this very thing. He talked about being in Safeway and just praying over people in Safeway. He gave an example of one time the person didn't feel a difference, right? Yeah. He's like, that was fine because she she knew the Lord. Because she felt loved. She felt loved by my praying over her and by me just asking for God's blessing on her life. Like, yeah, because I think it's scary. It's like, I'm not going to do that because then like nothing will happen. Maybe. I mean, can we just, can we tell her, Jackie? So we went after this talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we went after this talk. We were all feeling very inspired. We were with a priest friend and we thought, well, we'll go to a grocery store and we'll just ask the Lord if there's anybody who wants us to pray, pray with. <laughs> also, priests have it kind of lucky, guys. We totally. have to be honest. I mean, Andrew's, yeah, yeah. Andrew's living with some holy boldness and sounds like oh. you are too, Jackie. Yeah. But these priests have it easy. Because they're in the clinics. People just want to talk to them. It's like people are seeing a celebrity when they see a priest in clerics. I would have bet $100 that we encountered a man last night who was a fallen away Catholic, not practicing. (laughs) I think because normally they'll say like, oh, I go to such and such parish or hello, Father. But just this guy's interest, it was like a magnetic pull. He just wanted to kind of chat up Father. (laughs) I don't mean to say they have it easy. Obviously, they don't. They They have an intro. Yes. Like, it's like, here's what I'm about. You can talk to me. I need an outfit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like a shirt. Wearing your, your, your habit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. need like a layperson habit. A shirt that just says, need prayer. I'll I'm, pray with you. I'm Catholic. <laughs> Come talk to me. Good for you guys. Going out two by two, going to the grocery store. Like, it's so much easier when yes. you do have somebody with you. Yes. When I had Andrew with me, I felt so much bolder to pray with people. Yeah. When I'm by myself, I don't have as much courage, but when I have somebody with me, I have so much like me and Chica, when Chica and I are out together, we prayed over a young girl who was healed of her scoliosis for like three years. She had been in a wheelchair and her whole spine was healed after Chica and I prayed with her, you know, in the name of Jesus. But I probably wouldn't have done that if Chica hadn't been the one to boldly step out and say, Hey, there's this girl. God's telling me we need to pray over her. And so we prayed over her, you know? So yeah, two by two. Do it. Yeah, but so we went to the grocery store last night, and this guy just loved Father, obviously. But then, we were attracting a lot of attention, though. There was only one line open. It was very late. They were very smiley. Everybody was just kind of like wide-eyed looking at Father. Yeah. So it was hard to have like a private conversation with this guy that I think we all felt like we should be praying with, and Father Parks felt the same way. Didn't pray with him, Jackie. <laughs> Did not pray with him. <laughs> Okay. And so we got in the car. Co- we got so in the truck. So they were feeling right? quite discouraged. Yeah. So we prayed for him in the truck, and we were like, "Ugh, man." But then uh. we went back. We had all driven together to this prayer meeting. We drove back to the restaurant, and just kind of debriefing the night. And Jenna saw coming out of the restaurant that we had eaten at earlier that night um, this family that she recognized from the girls' school. Yeah, a teacher whose father had just died, and I was like, "You mm. guys." These are our people. This is who we're supposed to pray with. So Jenna got out and was kind of chatting her up. And then we pulled out the big guns. Father Parks got out. And, um, <laughs> and these two teenagers got out of the car and they were like, Father, you taught us at Notre Dame Prep. So there was just like an immediate connection and trust. And they're in the midst of their grieving, their father and grandfather. And it's really beautiful to get to pray with them. And I think what it is. When you look around, right? Because I think it's so easy for us to not look around, to Mm -hmm. see anything around us. But when you're actually looking and you're like, Lord, show me. Show me like who I'm supposed to be looking at or show me who I'm supposed to be seeing. If we weren't looking, I wouldn't have noticed her. 
Yes. I was like peering at her for like five minutes. And I was like, you guys, I think that's Cecilia's teacher. If I hadn't been looking for Lord, you want us to pray over someone? And like, who is it? So, and I think that's so easy for us to just going about our day, looking at our phone. I mean, I'm in the grocery store line all the time, just looking at my phone. That's a really good point. Yeah. It's just like, having the lens of, of Christ and looking, like looking for people. That's such a good point. Like Jeff Cavins, I just heard him give his talk at this encounter conference. And he was saying, you know, how, how often as Catholics, we just like see somebody that we think probably should needs prayer. And we're like, Oh, I'll just, I'll pray for them in my head. Like, Oh, I'll pray for them. And there was one time he literally was on the road. He saw this woman on the side of the highway. And I think it was really cold. He's, he lives in Minnesota. And it, she was like looking in her car hood, like her car had broken down. And he was like, so many times as Christians, like, oh, I'll pray for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, see ya. Mm-hmm. But he, he felt like God was saying, pull over. And he's like, I have no knowledge of mechanics. I have no, I don't know mm-hmm. how to fix cars at all. But he like literally went up to her and said, so I don't know how to fix your car, but I'm a Christian. So the only thing I can do, he's like, I'm going to ask you to go in your side of your car. I'm going to pray over your engine. <laughs> What? No, Jackie. <laughs> and he's like, and then I'm going to have you turn it on. And he just said, the look on her face was like, oh, all right, well, like, I'm stuck anyways. And he just is like, when Peter says, listen, I have neither silver nor gold, but I do have one thing, like, I can give you as Jesus. <laughs> she went in the car and he just, like, looked at the engine and he, like, had, you know, stretched his hands over the engine and was like, Jesus, <laughs> in your name, please start working, you know? And so he prayed over the engine. He's like, all right, try it out. And she turned on the car and the car started working and I was dying. I was just like, are you kidding me? That That is insane. Truly. A friend of mine told me this. He said, Jackie, if there were a hundred people in a wheelchair and you prayed over a hundred people in a wheelchair and only one of them was healed, would you still pray over the hundred? And I said, oh crap, you're right. Mm -hmm. You know, like Mm -hmm. you're right. If only one of them was actually able to get up and walk out of the wheelchair, would I still pray for all hundred of them? You know, I was like, you're right. Especially I've heard from people who are in wheelchairs. Like a lot of people don't even make eye contact with them. A lot of people don't even, you know, it's like the fact that you're showing that you care about this person enough to pray with them. And again, like God is actually, there are going to be things that we don't see that are healed. Parts of their, their soul that are healed. Because ultimately the biggest part of the external healing is interior healing. God wants the heart. And so... God will heal the external a lot of times to continue the conversion in the heart. But even if the external isn't healed, God is always listening to our prayers. Our prayers are efficacious. They actually work. And so there is the healing maybe going on in the, in the heart and souls. Okay. So I have a very personal, <laughs> um, vulnerable question to ask you because I want to pray with people all the time. I want to pray not only for physical healing, but I want to pray for reconciliation in families and healing from pornography or addiction. I feel very burdened to do that. Infertility, whatever it is. But there is a part of me, Jackie, that I fear disappointing the person if Mm. the Lord does not will for them to have a baby right now or for them to be healed in this moment. I don't know, just in my own life when people have prayed over me and you know, whether it's like their own humanity, their like good heart, or even the Lord's will prophetically saying like, you know, specifically to my vocation, like asking for that, there's a level of disappointment when that doesn't come to fruition. And so there's a part of me that really holds back because I don't want to further injure the person by praying and asking for the thing that they are always thinking about, always praying about. Their hope is like, Mm. could just be on the line in that moment. Do you know what I mean by that? 
of course. A lot of times as Catholics, we create this theology of suffering. Again, redemptive suffering is beautiful and good, but that's a call. Obviously, we can do, you know, people say like offer it up. We can do that in very like little ways every day, right? We can offer up our prayers and our, and our sufferings. But to actually have a calling on your life to be called to suffer for somebody, that's a, that's a big call. We, and we create this theology as Catholics a lot of times like, oh, well, God, it doesn't want to heal it. Like, I'm supposed to be in this pain. It's like, no, every person that encountered Jesus was healed. Jesus wants us to be healed. So I think it's not for us to like discern like, oh, maybe it's God's will for them to be infertile or maybe it's God's will for them to be. It's like, no, we need to pray with like, no, God doesn't want that. God doesn't want women to be infertile. We can kind of get jaded when people pray over us, pray over us, pray over us and nothing happens. When we pray, instead of saying, oh God, if it's your will, this, it's like, no, we have to pray with faith in the name of Jesus, be healed. Like I, you know, in the name of Jesus, like I pray for all pain to leave, for womb to be healed, for endometrius to be gone, for polyps to be gone. You know, again, God can do anything. And so I shouldn't limit God, but I will say, cause I know a lot of people who've been prayed over and it's hard. We become jaded, but not to create this theology of like, Oh, well, God just wants me to suffer. You know, it's okay to offer that pain up for God, but not to create this thing like, oh, well, I guess I'm just condemned to a life of suffering. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to be bold. I'm still learning how to be a disciple and to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I have to also get over my own fears too. Like Beth, exactly what you're saying. Like, what if it doesn't work? What if I'm jading them even more? I had that recently, like a couple weeks ago, a woman who has an illness for a long time. And I could see the hurt in her heart Mm -hmm. that she's been prayed over, prayed over, and nothing's happened. And so I'm like, great. Am I contributing to this but I could tell there was and again I had Father Matthias pray over her with me and there were things that he asked and I'm like oh why didn't I think to ask of this like is there any block and Father Matthias talks about like there's sometimes blocks of forgiveness that you won't be healed if there's someone if you haven't forgiven um if there's someone who you are still haven't forgiven in your life like that will be a block to healing a lot of times but anyways there's there's other blocks too any hoodle (laughs) hey I have a side note In scripture, at times, Jesus has asked, what do you want? Like, what do you want from me? And I find it fascinating that so many times we don't actually say it out loud. Like for people who have just suffered and who have maybe never said out loud, I want the Lord to heal me. I think that's such a gift to us who ask them, where is your, what is it exactly? Like, tell me what it is that you want the Lord to do. I don't know. What is that, that he wants to hear it from us? You know, it says that Jesus would go to places and they had no faith or like their faith was so little. He's like, he couldn't really do (laughs) what I think it's funny. It's like, and Jesus couldn't do crazy miracles, but he just healed a few people and cast out a few demons and he left. It's like, oh, no biggie. You know, (laughs) like these people didn't have very much faith, so he couldn't do a whole lot except for like heal a few people and, uh, you know, cast out demons. But Mm -hmm. again, it's, it's this faith of like, yeah, what do you want? what do you want? I want to be healed. And I think that's why when you watch Randy Clark, I've been to a couple of his things. He will share testimonies of healing because it'll increase the faith. And when I got that word of knowledge for that young girl, it increased the faith in her Mm. immediately. Like the faith increases in their heart. And I know there will be some people listening to this. Like I have a lot of faith and I'm still not being healed. And it's like, that needs to go instead of creating a theology around it, it needs to go in the mystery box. Like who knows? Like it's a mystery. And Uh, who knows, you know, like, I'm not going to create the theology of suffering around this, like, oh, well, then you're condemned to suffering. It's just like, I don't know. But I think it's good too when we're praying over someone to ask God, God, what are you doing here? To ask God what's going on here? Because my friend, Father Neil, who's an exorcist said, 
he was praying over somebody. And, you know, when you, when you ask, okay, God, what's, what are you doing here? What are you doing? And this woman was struggling to have children. She was thought she was infertile. He prayed over her and he said, he got this word of knowledge. He, he saw, he said, do you have a box under your bed that you got from your dad? And she's like, yes. He's like, okay, you need to get rid of that box. And she, he's like, what is in that box? And she's like, my dad gave me this box and there's like a voodoo doll in it. And she's like, you need to throw that box away. And sure enough, she did it. She now has five kids. But it's like, who knows? Like, again, you guys, there's a spiritual realm that we have no idea if people have put any kind of curse on us. There's a prayer called prayer for protection and healing. And you can pray it over you and your family in the name of Jesus. Like any hex or curse or anything that's been placed on me and my family in the name of Jesus, cut that tie, that bind. And like any demon who's trying to oppress me and my family, attack me and my family, like I send you to the closest tabernacle to be dealt with by Jesus there. We're called as disciples to have faith, to just when we hear God move and move. And yeah, just to ask like, God, what are you doing in this situation? Or like sometimes, you know how like you just see somebody, there's like somebody that God points out to you mm-hmm. and you're like, I need to talk to that person. And maybe it's just because all they need to hear is like, listen, you're not forgotten. God knows you and he loves you. And God pointed you out to me to remind you of that. Because I feel like in our age, we do feel forgotten. We do feel unloved and we feel like nobody sees us and nobody mm-hmm. knows us. People need to be reminded that God does see them and he doesn't forget them. I love this conversation because like you were saying about a word of knowledge, increasing faith. I think hearing stories of God delivering people or healing people, it does like, it impregnates the atmosphere with faith. People think, oh wait, that's a possibility. Maybe that's true for me too. So I'm sure that for people listening right now, they're feeling that hope and that faith rise up. And conversely, that there is, like a cynicism coming at them, like, no, 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 that's because that's Jackie or that's because they run in these circles. And I just want to say it's not true. It's for you too. Yes. Every disciple of Jesus Christ, every single person who has been baptized has been baptized with the gifts of, with the Holy spirit. And again, it's called to be holy and also is called to use the gifts. Again, read first Corinthians chapter 12 is called to use these gifts to build up the body of Christ. And I would say if you're lucky enough to be in the Michigan area, like father Matthias is at a parish in uh, Brighton, Michigan, but they do these kind of events all the time. So if you're in that area and you're able to go be part of that. They train people in the spiritual gifts, which let me tell you, I need, and I went to their conference because I'm like, I need to learn how to be trained. How do I get a word of knowledge? How do I pray over people? Because it's kind of awkward when you don't, as Catholics, like we just, we weren't brought up like this, you know? And I will say it's becoming more prevalent. It's really awesome to see. It doesn't matter if you're a traditional Latin master or if you're a Novus Ordo kind of gal, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I have seen traditional Latin masters who are also doing this. It doesn't matter because we're all called to be charismatic in the sense that we're walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this is a a normal thing in the life of as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Jackie, for your joy and your spirit and and sharing so much of your wisdom with us. Mm -hmm. I think we maybe should talk more often (laughs) because this is great. This is great. (laughs) Um, Jackie, would you mind just closing us with a prayer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. I pray for um, every person who is listening to this podcast. Holy Spirit, come um, more powerfully in their lives. Holy Spirit, be stirred up in their hearts. I pray for a, a deep fire to grow in the hearts of every person who is listening right now. Holy Spirit, that we've received at baptism, sealed in confirmation, pour out your gifts of wisdom, understanding, knowledge, counsel, 
courage, fear of the Lord, and piety. Increase those, those gifts in our life. God, I pray for all of us to have a deep love for you, to grow in intimacy with you. God, in the busyness of everyday lives, whether it's as a student, whether it's as a mom, whether it's a married person, God, I pray in every person in our hurts and our pains, maybe it's a pain of infertility, maybe it's the, the pain of, of loneliness and, and desire to get married, maybe it's a pain of not knowing who we are, what we are made for. God, I pray for you right now to come into those pains and those hurts. And God, I pray for that yearning, that desire for us to grow closer to you, Lord. I pray for, Lord, that you just pour out your healing love upon each and every one of us and that our yearning, our ache for you, Lord, um, that we, we turn that towards you to be satisfied. God, I pray for you to give us courage because it's hard to be a disciple in this age. It's hard to have courage. So God, increase the courage. And our beautiful Mama Mary, be with us at every moment. Be by our side. Cover us with your mantle. Protect us from the evil one. Um, because as we grow closer to God, we know that the evil one's going to attack us all the more and try to discourage us, try to make us more cynical, try to decrease our faith. So Mother Mary, wrap us in your mantle. Protect us. So say, Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, ladies, for having me on. I, I oh love talking. God. I loved it. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you, Jackie. Jackie. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.